Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. When it comes to car buying, there's the other guy's way, and then there's the SMC way. The other guys force you into a vehicle you really don't want. The Sunbury Motors way lets you take the time you need to browse, ask questions, and take the test drive and think on it. For over 100 years, the Merth family and all their employees have made your experience the most pleasant one you'll ever have. The other guys won't offer you the best price for your trade, no matter how much they say they will. The SMC way is their promise to provide you with the most money the market shows your vehicle is worth. The SMC way is to offer you all applicable factory rebates on new vehicles and generous discounts. Looking for a pre-owned vehicle? The SMC Way checks each vehicle in a 200-mile radius to determine the lowest price, then beat it. It's the lowest price promise, just part of the SMC Way. The choice is up to you. The other guy's way or the SMC Way. The SMC Way wins every time. Sunbury Motors Company in the North 4th Street Auto Plaza, Sunbury, and at sunburymotors.com. Selling more cars and satisfying more customers for over 100 years. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 at Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Lincoln, Kia, Hyundai. Great new product lines. And maybe your budget says pre-owned inventory. Oh, they have a great selection of that. Service department's fabulous, too. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors Kia routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. And online at sunburymotors.com. All right. Got a lot going on today, including James Franklin's teleconference with the media. Uh, we'll also get Frank Bodani's reaction to it. Tomorrow we'll get Ryan Snyder on the show to talk about the recruiting into this. So we're going to hear from Frank Bodani at 335, and then we're going to hear from James Franklin during the entire 4 o'clock hour from 4 to 5. That's how it's going to work. Now, do I have? Do I have Matt today? Do I have Mark today? Who do I have here? Well, you got Mark... Hello, Mark. As your producer, but you're going to have Matt on uh, the phone. I believe he's calling now. Oh, so he will good. be uh, talking just, to you when you want. Okay, okay. Just pick up wrong no- and tell him wrong number. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's not, not available. <laughs> uh, let me start with this. Under the category of I'm sick of your act. Okay. And that is, finally, you just get to a point where you just got to look at somebody and say, you know what, I'm really sick of your act, and that's Lane Kiffin. Enough's enough. Okay? During an appearance on SEC Network Tuesday, Lane Kiffin said, it's a shame that players aren't able to play this fall in certain conferences. Kids are having their schools or conferences deciding to shut down, so they can't play. And a lot of them have a lot of money on the line, so with the next and the next level, they want to play their last year. So he is proposing that they be able to transfer without penalty to any school in the country. Okay. Lane Kiffin 
in my personal opinion, based on past history, cares about two words and two words only. Lane Kiffin. We've already seen how he conducted himself at USC when it came to Penn State's situation in 2012. I have no patience for this person. Let's start with this. There may be some elements where he coaches. Okay, well, obviously he did a good good job. Not an awesome job, but a good job at Alabama as the offensive coordinator. He had a lot to work with. Did okay with it. Did well enough. All right? But everywhere else, the Raiders, USC, Tennessee, even to a point, I mean, Florida Atlantic, if he's as great as he claims to be, should have dominated that league. Nope, didn't do it. Right? Here's one for you, and I want—I hope you know—he'll never listen to this in a million years. Why don't you go out and recruit your own players, and develop them, and develop a program, James Franklin, uh, and do it that way? Like actually cultivate and develop your own players, recruit them, develop them, and develop a program instead of always feeling that the only way to do it is to steal somebody else's individuals who have already been on the path to development so you could skip that step because that actually takes work. Right? And as for this old Miss Mississippi State thing that's been, you know, over and over and over I've heard about ad nauseum now for months, remember this. Those two programs are battling for fifth place in their division. You're telling me Lane Kiffin suddenly has vaulted past Alabama, vaulted past Auburn, vaulted past Texas A&M, vaulted past LSU? The best that dude can do is fifth place in his own division. After a while, you just get, you know, you, there's just some people whose act you get sick of. Okay? He doesn't care what I think, but guess what? What a tremendous coincidence. I don't care what he thinks either. Kiffin says the biggest challenge his team faces is fighting the spread of COVID-19. The second biggest challenge they face is your arrogance. All right, so um, there you go. But I want to get that out right away. I think they should be allowed with it. In other words, I want to get as many players as I can. I need more players. I'll take yours. Now, why did I say that? Because somebody has a history. And when he get and when he gets your players, he doesn't know what to do with them. Why? I have history. He and six USC coaches flying into Stanford, Connecticut. Oh, we can do that because we're USC. Oh, great. What'd you do with it? Ah, not much. Sorry, one year ranked number one. Gone. All right. Uh, and then just like a rock. Uh, Penn State Intercollegiate Athletics conducted 230 COVID-19 tests of students. One student testing positive, four pending tests. That's it. Latest numbers were put out today. So that's what they decided to do. 
sure Penn State fans ex- know exactly where I'm coming from on the Lane Kiffin thing. The act is old, okay? For the first time in your coaching career, you actually need to produce as a head coach. You did not produce at USC. You did not produce it at Tennessee. You did not produce with the Raiders. And you used Florida Atlantic as a stepping stone to get to Ole Miss so you could finish in fifth in your own division. There you go. Tell me I'm wrong. Matt, tell me I'm wrong. You are not wrong one bit. I share basically the same sentiments about Lane Kiffin as you. First of all, should we be trusting anybody from USC right now, considering he's Ole uh, Miss now. Recent events there. He's at Ole Miss though. (laughs) He's at Ole Miss, yeah. Uh, I mean, is is Lane Kiffin to you what Gary Sanchez is to the Yankees? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's a good question. He's pretty close. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Mark. By the way, Gary the, Sanchez already has 19 pass balls this season. Just throwing that out there. Mark, he, he's bitter about the Yankee catcher. The Yankee fans are all alike, Mark. They're all alike. They're all, Mark, they're all alike. By the way, on Eagle 107, the Phillies are playing right now. And uh, they're down 3-2 at Fenway to the Red Sox in the bottom half of the fifth inning. Jake Arrieta is on the mound, and the Red Sox are a couple of parking lot attendants have pitched so far. I mean, it's... uh, And the parking lot attendants so far are pitching well. (laughs) They've only given up two hits. Between Hart and Bryce. Uh, let's see here. So far in this one, D.D. Gregorius sack fly. Reese Hoskins scored. Then uh, Goslin singled, then Andrew McCutcheon scored. But the Red Sox came back on a two-run homer by Raphael Devers. And then Jackie Bradley Jr. hit a sack fly that knocked in Mitch Moreland to give the Red Sox the lead. So there you go. Yeah, thank you for that. You're welcome, <laughs> whomever that was. <laughs> I, I should have said was... the over/under higher for last game for the game last night for the Red oh, Sox bullpen. Night? Oh, the Red Sox! My goodness, the Red Sox bullpen looks looks like a beer league softball team. What the heck? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Not very encouraging. Doug Birdsong text. I absolutely love your take on Lane Kiffin. In fact, I like to call him Lame Kiffin. <laughs> I'm just saying, okay? Achieve something. I don't mean getting the job, and I've said this about him before. He is great at getting the job. He's top flight. It's what he does once he gets the job. Ay, ay, ay. I think it would be okay for players because you don't have any players. You have a problem. You looked at your roster. By the way, how did the Phillies get into Massachusetts? I mean, Pennsylvania, you're barred from staying. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, Toronto leads Baltimore. Excuse me, Buffalo leads Baltimore 3-2 into 7. Cardinals lead the Cubs 5-1 into 2. 
NBA playoffs. Lakers lost last night to Portland, and Milwaukee lost its opener too. Right now, Brooklyn leads Toronto seventy to sixty-five with under five minutes to go third quarter. Toronto won the opener. Four o'clock at Utah, Denver. Sixers and Celtics play game two uh, this evening at six thirty. Then it's Dallas and the Clippers in the NHL. Tampa Bay, which was eliminated stunningly by Columbus in the opening round a year ago after Tampa Bay had put together a sterling regular season, wins the series. Uh, they were down 4-1, to one, I think, in this game. Rallied, sent it to overtime, and then won it in overtime as Tampa Bay was able to get an overtime goal from Braden Point. Uh, Nikita Kucherov assisted on it. And one five four, and Tampa Bay wins the series, four games to one to advance. Uh, just getting underway at the top of the hour, Carolina and the Bruins. Bruins up three games to one tonight. It is Arizona against Colorado. Avs lead three games to one. Flyers and Montreal play tonight with the Flyers up three games to one. St. Louis and Vancouver play the pivotal fifth game of their series in Edmonton tonight with the series tied at two. So there you go. You're up to date. Two words for Lane Kiffin. Besides getting the job, accomplish something. (laughs) So true. Accomplish something. Besides getting the job. Recruit somebody. Develop them. Take a four-star, make him a five-star. Get a three-star, make him a four-star. Then go out and win some games. Beat somebody. Can anybody name the most significant one of his career? I feel like I, I feel like if I was at the Kiffin family reunion, even they couldn't answer it. All right. Um, that's... <laughs> Uh, um, well, uh, well, yeah, there was this, there was this peewee game once. Okay, great. That's not where we need to go. <laughs> just, just saying. James Franklin. Bottom line on what he said today. He'd like to place a spring semester as early as possible. So let's get to the Milwaukee. Journal Sentinel, which instead of having everybody at the Democratic National Convention now has a bunch of people with nothing to do, because <laughs> there's nobody there, uh, but he is saying that uh, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel is reporting that they have sources that it would be an eight-game spring season. Spring semester, of course. And that would begin in early January. Now, the concepts of this are supposed to come out next week. But this is what the Milwaukee, you know, there's now I would get into the bloggers and what they're posting about fall and so forth, but 
I'm hesitant to do that. Uh, hesitant to do that. And the reason I'm hesitant to do that is that I'm still not comfortable quoting bloggers. Maybe that's the old timer in me. I don't know. Um, I know I read the Suits blog all the time, but that's just for entertainment purposes. I took out the dog. Okay, great. <laughs> just, I just don't feel like there's any info there. <laughs> I don't know about you. I don't feel like there's any info. Uh, by the way, the suit wants us to talk about the Indy 500. I probably shouldn't have texted back, get your own show, but that was I was in a bad mood. <laughs> no, stop laughing, Catrillo. <laughs> stop laughing. We did talk about a little bit yesterday. Well, I think it's I think having Marco Andretti at the pole is an important. Okay, the Andretti name carries weight with the casual fan. I mean, Mark, you know the Andretti name, right? Absolutely, yes, I do. See, that confirms what I'm talking about, Matt. I've got I've got Mark here to confirm all the stuff I believe. <laughs> there you go. God, I love working with Mark. <laughs> Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury, Sunbury Motors Camp, Routes 11 and 15, and Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. In fact, I, I think there's a good chance that Tom feels the same way about Lane Given. I do. Look, accomplish something. I mean, I'll take anything. Even winning the Egg Bowl once. And a fifth place finish. They're battling for fifth. They make it like the biggest rivalry in the world. They're battling in their own division. They're battling for fifth. I don't mean nationally. And we welcome everyone back. Great to have you with us on the show. Frank Bodani, York Daily Record, in just a few moments. Uh, first, we'll give you the uh, Milwaukee uh, Journal Sentinel story. Uh, Big Ten officials are working on this uh, story, by the way, put out by uh, Jeff uh, Petrikas. And was uh, put out uh, about, actually, just a few minutes ago, as a matter of fact. Uh, it, was up, uh, it was updated at uh, 1230. It was updated at 1230 this afternoon. Uh, Big Ten officials are working on a revised football schedule that could feature teams starting their season in early January. Multiple college football sources told the Journal Sentinel Tuesday afternoon, the Big Ten officials have decided to start the season as early as possible. That would allow players to finish their season before the 2021 NFL draft, set to be held April 29th through May 1st. Now, if you're asking about why they can't move the draft, they can, but they need to have time to do it. Why? Because remember, the draft is not being held in the ballroom at the Marriott Marquis or at the Radio City Music Hall anymore. It's on the road. So you're now taking up downtown streets in the, in the city of Cleveland, this particular draft cycle. So you'd have to have it worked out with the city of Cleveland as to what to do with it. So if you keep it in that, it's easier to keep it in that spot. Uh, parents of Wisconsin football players were briefed about the plan Tuesday night and were told it involves the use of indoor facilities. They were also told league officials are still uncertain how short the season 
uh, would be, although there's, it looks like on the surface it could be eight games. Several indoor facilities could be used by the Big Ten. Indianapolis, Lucas Oil Stadium, Minneapolis, U.S. Bank Stadium, Ford Field in Detroit, and also the possibility of using the Jones Dome in St. Louis and the Carrier Dome in Syracuse. Uh, it remains unclear how many games the Big Ten will attempt to play. However, Wisconsin Athletic Director Barry Alvarez told reporters in, in it, that coaches and athletic directors are wary of asking the players to play too many games. No question. See, again, I fall on the side of I want a full 12-game 2021 season starting as close to on time as possible. Does that mean you got to sacrifice a couple of games at the beginning of the year? I think that's, to me, that's preferable. Uh, let's see. Uh, Ryan Day wants an eight-game schedule. He says starting the first week in January, best way to go. Wisconsin coach Paul Christ and Alvarez also noted it is imperative that the revised schedule provide as much separation as possible for 2021. Uh, but that is the story from Milwaukee on that today. We'll get James Franklin's thoughts on uh, Penn State. Uh, we told you about the testing numbers previous half hour. Uh, we gave you a positive outlook, or as positive as we could, on Lane Kiffin. And uh, we'll get to James Franklin's comments in the next half hour. Now let's bring in Frank Bodani, York Daily Record. Frank's one of the truly great guys out there, great family, great perspective. Frank, welcome back to the show. Great to have you with us. On the mark. And I can only assume... Hello, Frank. We'll get. We have standby, Steve. Okay. Um, I'll stand by. I'm talking to. I'm talking to uh, Matt on what's going on. So. And and what we do is that you'll come back on and you'll tell me, hey, Steve Frank's all set to go, and then we'll go from there. Okay. Uh, We'll just continue on and talk about some of the sports news of the day until we get the word that we actually do have Frank on the line. If not, we'll hear from Frank tomorrow. Uh, But uh, James Franklin did touch on a number of topics today. The bottom line for, for James Franklin, and this goes back to what I, I've talked about. So really, a lot of what you're going to hear from James today is very close to what I've talked about. All right? Uh, number one, it's to me it's all a question of, okay, you cross, you cross this hurdle, you cross that hurdle. You keep going, and if you keep doing it with success, you keep going. And that's essentially what James Franklin was saying. What Penn State was doing was working. What Ohio State was doing was working. What Michigan was doing was working. What Northwestern was doing was working. What Wisconsin, you name all the... I mean, on Monday, August the 9th, 13 of the 14 Big Ten schools practiced. Now, I'd use August 10th, or excuse me, on, I'm sorry, on Monday, August 10th, Monday, August 10th, 13 of the 14 Big Ten, ten schools practiced. Now, I would have used August 11th, because many did practice that day, but Penn State didn't because they had a designated day off. But on August 10th, 13 of the 14 Big Ten schools were practicing. It was working. And 
as I pointed out several times about the issue, and it's a legitimate issue, no getting around it, myocarditis. It's a legitimate issue. Anybody who's ever had Lyme disease, and there's some of you out there have had it, myocarditis is a fear. Same thing with hepatitis, same thing with influenza, same thing with the common cold, same thing with herpes, same obviously obviously with COVID-19. But these same student-athletes could have picked up myocarditis or developed myocarditis, contracting COVID and being home at the time, too. The difference would have been, would they have gone to the doctor about it? Probably. But the way it is with being around with doctors these days, most doctors are doing some in-person examinations. Some are doing them by Zoom. All right? Well, when you're in an athletic program, you have trainers and doctors there surrounding you all the time. That's how they caught all of these. That's called the constant care. I believe I hear Mark in the background. Mark, do we have Frank yet? We think so. We're having some technical issues, Steve, but I think we're ready, yes. If not, we'll know right away. Well, I think that's a good way of phrasing it. (laughs) It This won't take long. Frank, it's always great to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. No, apparently not. Well, we'll get Frank tomorrow. We'll do Frank tomorrow. We'll get James Franklin in the next hour. How about that? Okay. Uh, uh, Frank on tomorrow, and we'll have Ryan Snyder on tomorrow. All right? All good in this world. The bottom line is this was this was working. Even the ability to catch an, as something that is an offshoot of COVID-19, the possibility, like anything that's viral, you can, as I, I gave you the list of there are about uh, a little, uh, fewer than 200,000 myocarditis cases a year. Well, we gave you the list of how you can develop myocarditis. COVID-19 is definitely one of them. The key is catching it. And that's why, and, and, the, and the ability to get back again, and I take you back to Eduardo Rodriguez, the left-hander for the Red Sox. Remember when they said he had developed weakening of the heart muscle, a.k.a. myocarditis? What was the first thing they said? They were going to check him after three weeks. Well, there's a reason for that. Myocarditis, you can actually bounce back in three weeks, or you it may take six months. So that's the normal time frame and if there's a doctor out there that wants to dispute what I'm saying because they know more than I do, they're a doctor. I'm only playing a talk show host on the radio. It's usually, from what I understand, from what I've read at Johns Hopkins and what I've read at Mayo Clinic, because when you're doing this show, you just can't sit there and go, oh, uh, that's, wow, that's a, that's a big issue. You need When you're doing a show like this, it is our obligation, my obligation, my obligation on the show to do as much as I can to inform you as much as possible. That is an obligation on the show. It's not just, you know, to entertain, have some fun, the whole thing, analyze and so forth. 
there are certain situations where it is imperative that I give you, the listener, as much information as possible. So I took the time, like I do with many issues, but I took the time to go to the Mayo Clinic website and read about myocarditis. I then went to the Johns Hopkins website to read as much as I could about myocarditis. Why? I wanted to see, A, how they each matched up, see if there's any differences, and then go from there. That way, when it came time to talk about it on the air, we gave you the information that we had through our research. That way, you, the listener, are not in the dark of, oh, you know, this sounds awful. Well, myocarditis is not, is not, absolutely is not great. But can you recover from it? Yes. Uh, no, it's okay. We'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow, Mark. Just, just you know, I, I want you. I want you to rest. There's, there's enough stress. We're good. We'll talk to Frank tomorrow. How about that? All right. You cool? And then we'll get Ryan Snyder tomorrow as well. Yeah, it's all good. We have Frank James Franklin the entire hour coming up. So we're looking forward to that. Okay. So we try to we try to research how often as as those into the ninth year of the show how many times have issues have come up where we've talked about the research where we've looked into something you just don't want to fly by the seat of your pants on these shows because it's a real disservice to you the listener and the last thing you want to do with with any listener and you're all terrific listeners every one of you. Is you want to make sure when the show's over, you feel like you learned more about it, and not only that, it was informed. Informed. I'm not going to say I'm going to be perfect about it, but you need to take time to really go in and research. That's part of my job. That's why when you know, just as something as simple as a game, why do Jack Ham and I, or Dick Girardi and I, put as much research as we do, watching tape, going to practices, things, you know, looking at the opposition all the time. We want to be able to go into the broadcast and make sure that we're accurate and we're giving you, the listener, as much as we can possibly give you. It's the same thing with doing this show. So that's why I went to the Mayo Clinic site, why I went to the Johns Hopkins site, not to minimize in any way, shape, or form myocarditis, but also to say, okay, how do you get it? How many people get it? Okay. How important is it to catch it early? Which, in this case, it sounds like each one of the individuals, they caught it early. Okay. And is it a serious issue? Sure. No getting around it. It is. Right? It is. Uh, Hank Gathers essentially had myocarditis 30 years ago. Back 30 years ago, last March, I'm sitting in the palestra doing a Penn State, I think it was Duquesne, quarterfinal game of the Big Ten tournament in 1990. And I remember I had to work the game alone that night. And it was up in the upper area of the palestra. And Hank Gathers, of course, along with Bo Kimball, are both from Philadelphia. All of a sudden, we get this note that Hank Gathers had collapsed. Well, then when the game is over, we find out that Hank Gathers not only collapsed, he passed away. So the next day, 
Penn State is playing in the Atlantic 10 semifinals against UMass when John Calipari was the coach. And the city of Philadelphia was in absolute mourning over the loss of Hank Gathers. And certainly the weakening of the heart muscle, myocarditis, was one of the reasons. But they kept playing. Remember, he had collapsed in practice before that. Well, now let's fast forward 30 years. Student-athletes in the Big Ten are surrounded by medical personnel, multiple doctors, trainers. Something comes up, student-athlete doesn't feel right. They can get you on a better path to recovery quicker because they've got the medical care right there. That's why you keep going with this. It's not why you stop. It's why you keep going because that's what they're surrounded by. Something else that I, I don't really like is this idea that the, the NCAA is saying 12 hours a week for football activities for schools that are playing. No, wrong. Oh, you get 20. I'm sorry, that is not... That, that I don't think that's right. I don't. You know, they're talking about 12 a week. No, how about 20? It doesn't have to be like spring practice, especially if you want to start in early January because then you're going to start a training camp. And again, I have been hesitant um, to talk about what the bloggers have put out there about playing in the fall. And there's obviously The um, uh, and I've been hesitant about talking about the bloggers put out there. So when a story like the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel put out there, okay, we talk about that. Uh, I'm not going to get um, the bloggers are holding out stories about the possibility of still playing in the fall and some schools coming together to do this and so forth. Um, hard for me to go there right now because I just, I, I've always been uncomfortable with this blogger says this and this blogger says that. It's like, ah. it's always been a, a debate I've had and something I've talked with Chris Peterson about. A little bit with Rose Carter, but mostly with Chris Peterson about how do you determine what's legitimate media these days? Because some bloggers can be legitimate media. All right? No getting around it. Before he took a job at Stadium, Brett McMurphy was between jobs between ESPN and then Stadium. But he was still putting stuff out there. Well, Brett McMurphy's a name who's connected. So that's not your average blogger. All right. We will take a break. We'll come back with more in a moment. James Franklin, his Zoom conference today with the media. Very intriguing in a few moments. 
here on News Radio 1070 WKK, brought to you by our great friends at Sunbury Motors. Hey, Mark, that commercial we played. Do you know where they got that from? No, I don't. God, that's Thanksgiving at the Suits. All right, uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> you people are awful. Worst ever. Okay. James Franklin, next hour. We're going to go... and uh, Here is a Zoom conference uh, for the hour. There is a lot of ground to be covered. Um... It is um, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel says that their sources say the Big Ten would like to play in early, as early in January as possible, and that domes could be used. They listed five of them. Three are within the confines of the conference. Two are close enough. One is U.S. Bank Stadium in Minnesota, home of the Vikings. Ford Field in Detroit, home of the Detroit Lions. Lucas Oil Stadium, where the Big Ten Championship game is played, the home of the Indianapolis Colts. The other two mentioned were Jones Dome in St. Louis and the Carrier Dome in Syracuse. So that's the story there. Um, you know, we had Matt on earlier in the show. We need to get Matt on just so he could just rip the uh, Gary Sanchez and the Yankees. It's, just, it's not a big Gary Sanchez guy. Then, then he gets a home run, he becomes a fan. You know how it works, Mark. Absolutely. As soon as your guy, as as, as as your guy hits a home run, he's, he's, he's your buddy. I don't see the phone ringing yet, surprisingly. <laughs> For the period of August 10th through the 14th, Penn State Intercollegiate Athletics conducted 230 COVID-19 tests of students. One student tested positive. There are four pending tests. Again, it goes back to what James Franklin, a, a huge frustration. When everybody dedicates themselves, coaches, student-athletes, staff, managers, when they all dedicate themselves and stay within the guidelines and keep producing great results, and then you're told it's not good enough, you get frustrated. You get frustrated. And... That that's a big problem. So there is the story right there. And again, we have not gotten into 
the blogging stories about certain schools wanting to play in the fall. They, they, look, there are a lot of schools who want to play in the fall. The question is, would they be allowed to do it and could they do it? It's really hard to get into that. That's why I've talked about looking to the future. In terms of the spring concepts, uh, we're probably a week or even less than a week away from finding out what those spring concepts are. Great to have you with us on the show today. Brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf and online at sunburymotors.com. James Franklin Zoom Conference next hour on News Radio 1070 WKOK.